This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com. We make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Real Real Podcast with me, Natalie Barbu. In today's episode, I am interviewing Rachel Cruz, and if you don't know who Rachel Cruz is, she is a number one New York Times bestselling author and seasoned communicator. She helps Americans learn the proper ways to handle money and to stay out of debt, which is something I think we all uh, need a little refreshing on, you know? We need a little lesson on that. <laughs> I know, at least I do, with how to save, how to handle money. I always love hearing about these topics, and she has authored three best-selling books, including Love Your Life, Not Theirs, Contentment Journal, and Smart Money, Smart Kids. She's the daughter of Dave Ramsey, and I'm sure you guys know who Dave Ramsey is, and she uses the knowledge and experiences from growing up in the Ramsey household to educate others. She also is the host of The Rachel Cruz Show, and she's just an overall boss and complete financial guru I want to say, and I say that because she is just so wise with how to handle money. And we talk a lot about that in today's episode. We talk a lot about why it's so important to budget, how to start your budget, how to begin saving, how much money you should be saving, whether you're making a little or you're making a lot. So I'm just really excited to have her on. I loved this episode. I thought it was really, really helpful. And she just makes understanding money so much easier. Like she really, really breaks it down. And if you guys didn't know, she actually does have a new book and it's called Know Yourself, Know Your Money. I highly recommend this book. I've read it and I think it is really, really a great breakdown on really how to understand like your relationship with money. You can get clarity and control over your money faster by learning more about yourself, which is what this book is. You discover why you handle money the way you do and what to do about it. So I highly recommend and and I will definitely have it in the podcast show notes for you guys to check out. But before we get into this episode, I did just want to thank all of the kind podcast reviews. And as we enter the new year, um, if you guys have experienced any, you know, I don't know, I guess information in this podcast, if it's brought you joy, if it's, you know, helped you stay productive, if you've learned something new, then I would really, really encourage you to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes. It just helps the podcast grow. And that's one of my goals this year is to focus on the podcast and make it the best that it can be. So I would really appreciate that. And also if you guys can follow us on Instagram, we like posting a lot of inspo on there and you get extra resources if you do follow us there as well. So anyways, thank you so much for listening and for supporting me always. And and let's get into the episode with Rachel. You know what the best feeling is? When you walk out the door feeling like you can conquer the world because your hair looks amazing. You know those days when your hair shines with confidence? Well, I have something that are going to make those good hair days into a daily reality, which is Way's new hair gloss. 
I personally have been loving taking care of my hair. I just got a new haircut and at first I was iffy on it, but then the more I've looked at it and the more I've styled it, I actually really love it and I don't think I can go back to super long hair. It's all about how you style it. So I have been meticulous about my hair routine. I've been incorporating Waze hair gloss and it has literally made me love my haircut and love all of the different ways that I can make it look. It's so easy. Just five minutes in the shower and bam, instant shine. And let me tell you, preventing heat damage is a top priority for me. And with hair gloss protecting my hair up to 450 degrees, I can style worry-free. And the best part, my hair feels shinier healthier and more vibrant than before if you guys have seen my blowouts on my instagram or my tiktok you know that i have been feeling my hair and it has been so shiny getting your shine on in the shower with Waze hair gloss is so easy and it's packed with hyaluronic acid and rice water and so it so it not only gives you immediate shine but also treats damage and enhances color vibrancy and here's the best part in a consumer perception study over 85 percent of participants agreed that their hair looks shinier healthier and smoother with Waze hair gloss Give your hair a glow up with Way. Go to T H E O U A I and use promo code RealReal for 15% off any product. That's T H E O U A I dot com, promo code RealReal. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Hi, Rachel. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. Absolutely, Natalie. Thanks for having me on. I'm so excited to have you on. When I got the email that you wanted to be on the podcast, I was so excited. And I feel like money is just one of those topics that a lot of people my age especially want to talk about, but we don't know how to talk about it. So I'm very excited to have you on. Good. Well, it's a fun subject to dive into. It can be a hard one. Money can be intimidating. It can almost have some shame and guilt around it from past money mistakes and all of that. But getting people on the right plan on a guided path to win with money long-term is, is my goal. Totally. And so we always start the podcast with setting the record straight. So this is stereotypes and assumptions, and you'll let me know if they're true or false. So the first one is everyone should have a budget. True. Yes. Yeah. No matter if you're making $10 or 10 million, being intentional with your money is so important. It's one of the biggest money mistakes people make. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm, I started having a budget, I would say about a year or two ago, and it has changed my perspective on money so much. And it's honestly changed my relationship with money a lot. You know, it's, it's made me understand the value of a dollar, let's just say. Yeah. And I used to, I'm a free spirit and I'm a spender naturally. So the idea of a budget was so hard for me at first, because I feel like it meant you had to say no to everything. You couldn't have fun. But in fact, it's all the flip side. Like it, it's permission to spend. That's what I see my budget as. I'm like, I can go shopping, I can go on Amazon, I can do the things I need to do. There's a limit and a boundary, but that budget gives me the permission so I'm not having to question every little thing. So actually in turn, it gives you so much more freedom than being a burden. Yeah, that's actually a really good way to look at it. Cause I feel like people get intimidated by that. They think like, oh no, I'm, I'm gonna definitely overspend and I don't want to see it. But it's like, it actually makes you so much more aware and just makes you make better choices, I think, in the long run. 
Yeah, and you're not going to win in any area of your life, whether that's your relationships, whether that's your job or your money, anything, if you're not intentional with it. Like you actually have to be purposeful and be do things on purpose versus everything just happening to you. And the earlier you can get this, oh, the better off you're going to be. And the fact that your listeners are more on the younger side of like, you know, they just graduated post-grad and all that. I'm like in your 20s and even in your 30s, if you can understand how to budget and make it a habit in your life, it is a game changer for you financially. Oh, 100% completely. Um, and the next one is an emergency fund is necessary. True again, yes. An emergency fund is necessary. So I would start out with $1,000, it being your first starter emergency fund, and then go pay off all of your debt, except if you've bought a house, and the mortgage does not count in this, but any consumer debt, so student loans, car loans, credit cards, go ahead and pay everything off, smallest amount to largest amount. And then after that, you can bump up that emergency fund to three to six months worth of expenses. So you can put that in a traditional savings account. You can open up a money market account, which is another simple type of account you can do at a local bank or credit union. But having your money there to be able to get to quickly is really important. And honestly, a lot of people experienced this in 2020. 40% of Americans couldn't cover a $400 emergency in cash. Yeah, I... I've heard that. That's like a very scary statistic. And it's very sad, I think, how it's so hard for people to save. So I'm excited to kind of dive into how to save and how like your best practices for it. Because again, like I've said, it's just so intimidating for a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. And it, and it's the habit. It's the quick wins. But yeah, we can dig into that for sure. Right. And the next one is talking about money shouldn't be so taboo. True again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and talking about money doesn't mean you walk around and tell everyone how much you make. You know, I mean, it's not that kind of thing. But to have those people in your life that can walk with you through anything in life, again, any subject this can apply to, but specifically your money, but to be able to be open and honest that if you are struggling in an area or if you are stressed out by debt or if you're like, I just don't know what to do, you know, with investing or anything, that you just have those people in your life who are wise and who can walk with you, especially if you're single. Once, if you get married, your spouse will be that person that you guys are on the same page or mm -hmm. talking about it. But keeping everything in, especially if you're single, can be really dangerous. So having that person you can talk to is key. Yeah, that's actually really true because I feel like if I didn't have people in my life that I went to to ask questions like that, I feel like I would be so lost because I know whenever you look up information about money, there's a million articles that come up and it's, it can get really confusing. So I feel like there, it's good to have people to just talk to for one-off questions, you know, or to really kind of understand the relationship as a whole with money. So I think that's actually really good to find someone, whether it be your parents, whether it be a sibling, a friend, a mentor, whoever that might be. I think that's a really important thing. Exactly. Exactly. And now I want to talk about what you wanted to be when you grew up because, or what you wanted to do when you grew up, because you are Dave Ramsey's daughter who is very, very prominent in the finance world. So I'm curious, did, did you kind of know that your path would be in finance or did you want to kind of go opposite of that and do something else? I, I always love asking people the question of what they wanted to be when they were growing up. That's a great question. No, I don't think I would have said that I knew I was going to do this. I started speaking with my dad at events when I was 15. And so public speaking was something that I just kind of fell in love with. I loved it. I wasn't, I was nervous at first for sure, but I enjoyed it, which is kind of weird because most people hate public speaking, but I enjoyed that part. And then when I went to college is when I realized the need for this message. I mean, I was having my own friends, people I was meeting that were going right into credit card debt. They had student loans, you know, already, I mean, all this stuff. And I thought, man, 
if they only knew that there was a different way, like if they only knew they could do different things right now, it could set them up to win in the future. And so when I graduated from college is when I said, okay, this is really what I want to do. I want to travel. At first, just speaking. I was like, I just want to speak. I just want to go to college campuses, high schools. I don't care who I'm talking to, but just get this message in front of people. And then that was 11 years ago. So now it's grown into podcasts and books and all the things. So yeah, it's pretty wild. But but yeah, I, I remember when I wanted to live in New York, Manhattan was like my dream for a really long time. Even through college, I was like, I'm just mm-hmm. gonna live in New York. And I remember seeing How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days when I was like in high school or something when it came out. Uh, and I thought, oh, I wanna do that. I was like, I wanna work at like an ad agency or a marketing firm in Manhattan, you know, all of that. And then that's when you realize, oh yeah, but there's reality. It's not that glamorous. <laughs> and any, any job really, right? Any job is not really that glamorous. That's so true. Yeah. Did you ever um, move to New York or is that still like a dream of yours? Yeah, I know I didn't No, I'm up there or I was before 2020 in the pandemic. I was up there a lot for work. I do a lot of media. So I'll do a lot of the morning shows and all that. So I'll be up there. I'm up there multiple times a year, sometimes once a month at least. So I get my mm-hmm. fill, but I have three kids now and we're in Nashville and my my husband would probably rather live in a duck blind in Arkansas yeah. than live in Manhattan. So <laughs> Nashville's a good medium for us. That's perfect then. It's the best of both worlds. <laughs> um, and were you always that person in college that your friends turned to with money advice? Like if they ever got into debt or if they were ever overspending, were you kind of playing or were you like that... Um, that voice for them to talk to, I guess. Yeah, that's a good question. Honestly, not really. I mean, I think we all, I mean, we were, you know, 18, 19, 20 at the time. And maybe, I mean, they probably asked me a couple of questions, but it wasn't a primary, money was not a primary conversation, with, you know, really with my friends. Because I think even when I was there, I mean, that would have been 15 years ago, even student loans, how they are today, were not like it when I was in college, you know? And so, and even, yeah, so money, I feel like the habits of money specifically with college students, even look a little different than when I was there. And so it's just interesting to see everything kind of play out as it is. But yeah, I I think they do. Yeah, they did come to me and ask questions, but it wasn't the primary conversation. Yeah, yeah. It's and I mean, like you said, you've been helping people now for a decade, more than a decade. So what are some common money mistakes that you see other people doing kind of in this whole decade that you've been doing it? What are the most common ones that you see? Uh, not being intentional. We touched on that with the budget, but that's a big one. I mean, for a lot of people, they just live their lives paycheck to paycheck. They never really figure out what they're spending. They just go. And then they look up, you know, in their 40s or 50s, sometimes their 60s, and they think, gosh, what have I done with my life? And there's so much regret. And I feel like that's what I heard a lot growing up when I would travel with my dad or were these adults, right, that have been working for years and they had so much regret. And so I thought, man, if you could just be intentional early, and again, a budget, just a simple budget that you just are telling your money what to do versus mm-hmm. it controlling you is big. I think another mistake that we make, especially in America, is just stuff. Like we just are under the illusion that stuff is gonna make us happy. There's always bigger, there's always better, there's always faster, I mean, there's always gonna be more. And we fall into this mindset, it's kind of like a rat in a wheel where we just think, okay, if I just get this, I'll be okay. Or, okay, this next purchase will make me happy. I'll, I'll be fulfilled if I get this. And I always tell people, it's okay to have nice stuff. Just don't let your nice stuff have you. Yeah. So it can have you when you go into debt for it. So we can dive into debt too if you want. But if you go into debt for it, your stuff owns you at that point. You don't own it. And then number two, it can have you when your identity, your contentment, your joy, your happiness, all of that 
is wrapped up in stuff. And and I fall into this. Again, I'm a natural spender. I I love things. I love to shop, all of it. So I can even fall into this at times, but I have to remember like that shirt is not going to solve all my problems or even that new car or even a house. Like all these things that we think are or just, oh yeah, if I could just get that, I'll be okay. I've learned over time that the finish line always moves. Once you get it, there's always gonna be a next thing and a next mm-hmm. thing and a next thing. And so you just have to be careful because you can spend a lot of money trying to be happy and stuff is not gonna fulfill that. Yeah, it's like um, lifestyle creep, I guess is the term for when you start making more, you start spending more. Like maybe in college, you wouldn't have bought something that was that expensive. But now that you have a job, you're like, oh, that I can afford that, which I mean, in my mind, I think it's fine to an extent. Like you said, like you can still spend money, but don't overspend. And that's why like, I love my budget because exactly what you said, it gives me freedom to feel okay with what I'm spending. And like, I feel responsible. I feel like, oh, well I could cut back on that next month. And then that next month, I'm so much more aware of my spending or like I'm cutting my subscriptions in half and all of that. So I guess for people who don't have a budget right now. What is your number one tip for how to even start one? Like what are the necessities that you need on a budget? What is your like go-to rule for like starting a budget 101? Great question. So there's three things, okay? So number one, you want to do a zero-based budget. And this means it's your income for the month minus your expenses equals zero. So every dollar coming in is assigned to a category. So this, I like this because you're telling your money what to do. So I always start with giving, give a little until you can give a lot. So give something right now, just a little bit. Um, if you're in debt and all that, it doesn't have to be a lot. And then save a little bit and then you go and pay your bills. And so all of that added up minus that income for the month should equal zero. And if you're on commission or you freelance, you kind of have to guesstimate right at the beginning of the month. Say, okay, I think this is what I'm going to make. And then you can adjust as the month goes on but planning out the month. So the zero-based budget is number one. Number two is doing it before the month begins. So look ahead to next month and you're gonna do next month's budget before it comes. And then number three is give yourself three months for it to work. It's going to take 90 days on average. So the first month, it's gonna be a disaster. So prepare yourself. You're gonna be like, what the heck is happening? None of this is making sense. I spend, I spend what on food? You know, you're gonna, it's gonna, the numbers are gonna be crazy. So you're gonna have to adjust Try to keep it that zero base though. So if you if you up one category, you got to lower another. You want to stay within your income so you're not spending more than you make. And then the second month, it's going to get a little bit better. And by the third month, it should actually start working. So give yourself time. Don't give up. I like the fact that you say give yourself time because people might feel like, oh my gosh, this first month I went way over budget. And then they feel like a budget doesn't work for them. But it takes so much time. And I mean, I've been doing it for about two years now, I would say. And I still sometimes mess up, you know, it's like every month is different. Sometimes unexpected surprises come up, you know? So, um, I think it's one of those things where you have to give yourself grace with it. You have to be okay with like, you're not going to be perfect all the time and that's fine. Um, and then with a budget, do you recommend having like a manual budget or a like automated budget or do you not have a preference with that? Yeah, I use an app called Every Dollar, and I love it because it connects to your bank. And so when your transactions come through, when you use your debit card online or in a store, wherever, it comes through on the app, and then you can drag and drop that transaction depending on the category. So if, oh. it's, a, if it's a grocery store, you know, it'll come up, and you just go and you drag it into groceries, or your cable bill comes in there, or your Amazon, you know, purchase comes in, you can figure out what you bought, 
because I have to do that all the time. Like, what did I buy from Amazon? I can't remember what, what this purchase is. And you can go and put it in the category. So I love that because it just, it helps automate everything in a sense. It's, it does all the math for you. You can see how much is left in each category. Um, it's awesome. So what that, whatever dollar does is it duplicates last month's budget to the next month. But I still want you to go through and plan. So, you know, when you came out of Christmas, your January budget looks a whole lot different than December. Mm -hmm. So take stuff out. You may take out categories. You may add in categories. But do a, do a new one every month. But the fact that it kind of duplicates it to at least get your standard bills that are usually pretty consistent there, I think it's great. Yeah, that's actually nice because you still categorize it because sometimes I get annoyed with the um, apps because it'll like put it in categories that like doesn't make sense so I like that that one actually like you can go in and drag and drop so I think that that's really smart and no, there's like a weird satisfaction like when the little bubbles up and it's like you have 10 <laughs> new transactions and you get to like see I don't know why I'm like why does that satisfying to me but it is I know I actually like that I'm experimenting with different apps so I'll definitely try that one um, and then also with saving, how you said that everyone should save every single month at least something. Do you have like a rule of thumb on a percentage or some amount that people should save? Because, you know, everyone's financial situation is different. So I guess what's your first step of going about like how to begin saving when you're currently not right now? Yeah, well, that first goal is going to be $1,000. So whatever right. you can do to save $1,000. So that may be 5% of your budget. That could be 20% of your budget that you're I don't care what it is but you're, you're cutting stuff to get that $1,000 really quickly. So that's gonna be your goal. And then once you get that and you start paying off debt, you may not be saving anymore in your budget. You may take every extra penny you have to throw at the debt, but that $1,000, that's your first step. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. And yeah, I mean, there's, and when you do a budget too, I promise you're going to feel like you got a raise. <laughs> like, this is where all my money went. Like I have so much more money than I thought. And so look at it and say, hey, I'm going to sacrifice a few categories or, a few, or I'm going to lower some categories in my budget in order to get this $1,000. Or maybe you, you take on some part-time work or some extra hours. You sell something you don't need that's in your apartment or your house. Like whatever it is, that $1,000 is your savings goal. And I would have a separate account for it because if it just stays in your checking, it easily can be eaten up totally. literally by like restaurants and stuff. So like <laughs> separate it. And if, you've, if, if you have a hard time saving, 
again, have a small goal for next month. Say, okay, I'm gonna try to put away X amount. Make it realistic, make it, make, you need to feel a little sacrifice, feel a little pain in it, that's good for you. But once you put a little money away, you're gonna start to get hope, because you're gonna say, wow, I can save that. Like, I just saved that amount this month. Okay, next month, I'm gonna do the same thing. And you really, it's like retraining your brain. You're just having to work this new muscle, create this new habit, but it is possible. And I promise the budget is gonna be the best tool to help you with it. Yeah, I, I think that that's great advice. And I mean, with that also, some people have a very complicated relationship with money, which is something you talk about a lot. And some people either grew up not having money, grew up with parents that were always stressed about money. They grew up having a lot of money. You know, everyone's relationship with it is different. So how do you overcome like as an adult? Because a lot of people that listen to this podcast, we're kind of in our post-grad stage where we just got out of college, we're entering the quote unquote real world. Um, so how do you overcome that like difficult relationship with money if you have one? Yes, well really money's communicated in two ways. It's communicated verbally so it's open communication or closed communication, and it's communicated emotionally. So it's either calm or stressed. So you can go back to your childhood and kind of answer those two questions. And it is amazing how you can mirror so much of what your parents did, almost subconsciously. You're just mm -hmm. kind of treating money the way they treated it because it's all, it's all you knew. Unless I've heard talked to some people, but they actually have the opposite reaction of what their parents did. So if their parents were super tightwads, the first time you get your first paycheck, you're like, oh, I'm just going to go enjoy. I can finally spend for the first time in my life because I never could, you know. It, so it depends on how you grew up and your personality of what you do. But you have to realize that money, it's a tool. It's a tool in your life. It's not good and it's not bad. People put morals to it and they think, oh, you know, if you have a lot of money, you're evil somehow. Or, you know, if you, yeah, whatever it is, they put these morals to money. And money doesn't have morals. It's amoral. But when you put it in the hands of a person, you decide whether it's good or whether it's bad. And the more control you can have over it, the more you're doing a budget, you're saving, you have no debts, and you work your way out. I mean, you, you really live within your means. The stress and the freedom, the stress that lowers from that and the freedom that comes from that is unbelievable, unbelievable. Because you could have, you could make $30,000 a year or $3 million a year and still be stressed with money. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you just spend everything you make. So. So you have to realize it's not the income that matters, it's what you do with your income that's really, really important. So, so having that relationship, yeah, that, that the emotional side of it is calm because you're in control. And then also we talked about this earlier, but talk about it. Have someone in your life that you can talk about because I promise that's gonna suit you so well later in life. Yeah, and I've never heard of it being called like amoral because I think that is a, a common issue with people thinking that if you have a lot of money, you're a bad person or you're a good person. And if you don't, vice versa, you know? So I think that realizing that you can do whatever you want with your money is really freeing and also empowering because I know, I like how you also said in your budget that you should give, even if even if it's a little bit. And I feel like that's really important um, just to kind of realize that you don't have to hoard this, you know? Like you can use it to do a lot of good. So I think that that's really important to note because I do think that there is a misconception where people feel very emotional with it because they think of it as a bad thing or a good thing and it's not like you said and I've never heard anyone like talk about it in that way so I think that that is really really helpful and like also eye-opening just to kind of analyze your own relationship with money too and like kind of your background as well um I always say money too it's a magnifying glass it makes you more of what you already are so 
if you mm -hmm. are greedy and selfish and obsessed with yourself and you get a lot of money, that's what's going to be magnified. And you'll probably get a reality TV show that we all get to watch <laughs> from our rooms, right? Like, like that, that is what's magnified. But if you love people, if you're a giver, if you want to, you know, enjoy money yourself in a really healthy way and you get money, that's what's going to come from it. So starting those habits now, you know, even if you're in your first or second job, when you create good habits with money like that and the way you view it, as you go on in life, you're going to build wealth. If you don't have debt and you are investing and you're saving and you're giving all these things over time, mathematically, you gain wealth, you build wealth. And so at the end of that, you still, the character of you, that's what's gonna be magnified and that's really important in this as well. Yeah, and I mean, even with a lot of people that are kind of out of college and whether, like depending on their relationship with money, we also, I feel like, and I'm speaking for myself, compare ourselves to people in um, other stages of life. Because I know, I feel like in your 20s, you have people that are married, you have people with babies, you have people that haven't left their house, you have people that have great jobs, you have people that are unemployed, you have people all over the spectrum and so it's really easy to compare yourself to like someone that's doing something really great or someone that, oh, they just, you know, like got this really amazing job or they just bought this one thing or they paid off their debt. So how do you prevent yourself from still kind of sticking to like your budget, your saving goals and not comparing yourself to these other people that might be, you know, like you're, I mean, you might think that they're doing better, but you know, like might be doing on a different life path than you. Than you. Yes. Well, this is hard. Honestly, the season that you're talking about, the post-grad season, it is the hardest. Because just like you said, you've been mirroring and walking with people that are the same season of life, same stage of life for your entire life. And then you, when you graduate college, all of a sudden, everyone's all over the map. Like, that's such yeah. a good point because it's true. It's the first time you're navigating this. And so what you have to do, I mean, you really have to put the blinders on. And there's a level of contentment that has to come. So contentment, I kind of see in three stages. One, it starts with gratitude being grateful, being grateful for where you are. Even if you had to move back home because of 2020 and you lost your job, whatever it is, like finding gratitude, no matter where you are, that gratitude is so, so key. And then when you are grateful, you move into humility. And I love Rick Warren's quote on humility. He said, humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. Yeah. And so when you're grateful for your life, you can look up, you can help others like we were talking about and just be be with people people want to be known people want to have conversations like like we're in a connected world but we are so disconnected from people right so being in relationship is so so key and that humility comes with that and then contentment comes after that and so that that journey is really really important i have a contentment journal and it's 90 days that walks you through all of this because this is such an important thing to get so for you for anyone practicing that contentment that really helps you stop the comparisons because in a heart that is content and grateful. There is no room for these comparisons and discontentment. So that's a really important step. And then also just to bring in the tactical side of it, I mean, you can just look at, not to bash anyone that is doing great or has a great car or went on a great vacation or whatever they did, but you also have to remember, not everything is as it seems. Yeah. Statistically speaking, 78% of people are living paycheck to paycheck. So you have no clue if that new purse she just bought is on a credit card. She can't pay, she may not be able to pay for that, but she got it through the avenue of debt. Like, you don't know anyone's circumstances. Or maybe she did save up for two years to buy that purse and good for her, but it doesn't matter, right? Like, like that is not your business or your need to know, but having the facts on your side helps push down the emotion a little bit to say, okay, not everything is as it seems. Mm -hmm. I love that, especially in the age of social media. 
with everyone kind of, you know, sharing their updates and all their highlight reels, which I like to say, you know, so it's really good to know that like, ev- you have no idea what people are going through. And I always try to emphasize that, especially on this podcast. Um, so before we go, I wanted to know if you have made any money mistakes in your life and how you overcame them. Oh, yes. Talk about <laughs> Gosh. Yeah, my mistakes come the most with spending. I mean, again, I've said it before on here, and it's true. I I am a natural spender, and so I've had to learn, and even in my new book, I wrote a ton on this, and it was really convicting because you spend for multiple reasons, but for me, mine are not always healthy. Like, I spend sometimes to cope. It feels good. It feels good to, like, buy that shirt from J. Crew because it's 70% off, and I'm justifying that it's a great deal, but I just want to buy something, right? You do it because you're stressed or you're bored, whatever it is, but there's a coping mechanism because dopamine literally hits your brain like a drug when you buy. And so I get into that cycle. I, I've had to ask, I've had to um, make myself ask this question before I purchase anything. If nobody sees this item, do I still want it? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> and it makes me question, like, what are my motivations for buying it? All of that. So I get into the, I get into that unhealthy part of money that I have to be so careful. And I literally like turned in the manuscripts of my new book right before the pandemic hit. And like three weeks in, I was on Amazon buying <laughs> stuff. And I was like, Rachel, go back and read your book that you just turned in. Like you're doing exactly what you said not to do. So yeah, it's, it's crazy. The, the relationship with money, money's so fascinating. And so having a handle on it is really important, but I've also done, yeah. I mean, I, I buy stuff and it breaks and I'm like, why did I spend money on yeah. that? Yeah, yeah, that kind of stuff all the time. Oh, you give yourself grace, so. <laughs> That's right, you do, because yeah, no one's gonna be perfect. No one's gonna be perfect. Yeah. As long as we're, we're heading in the right healthy direction, that's the key. <laughs> totally. And now where can they find your book and where can they find you? Because I feel like these tips were so helpful and you have so many more resources out there. So where can they find all of that? Yes, uh, I'm on any social media at Rachel Cruz, C-R-U-Z-E. I have a podcast and a YouTube show as well, The Rachel Cruz Show. And the book is anywhere books are sold. So Target, Walmart, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, and rachelcruz.com, Amazon, anywhere. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rachel. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. So how did you guys like the episode? I really loved it. I thought it was just to the point. It was really helpful. And even as someone who has a budget and who's had a budget for a long time, I say long time, I guess it's not that long in the grand scheme of things. Um, But for someone who has had a budget for two years, I would say since I've graduated college, this episode is just so refreshing to hear. I feel like it confirms that what I'm doing is right, but it also allows me to give grace to myself when I'm messing up because you know, I mess up a lot, you guys. I'm just saying. I I like to say I'm good with money, and I think I am, but there are times when I will spend, and I'm like, why did I do that? And it's such an emotional habit for me to spend. It's like something that's like, I just get in the mood to go shopping, and like, shopping should not be a mood. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope it resonated with you guys. And of course, be sure to check out Rachel's new book, Know Yourself, Know Your Money, and I'll have it in the description or the podcast notes. And thank you guys so much for listening. If you guys enjoyed this episode, please be sure to give it five stars and I will see you guys in the next one. So, all right, have a great rest of your week.
the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.